I'm Alex Marlowe, and this is the Breitbart News Daily Podcast. On today's show, we begin with a rundown of bad news for the Big Joey administration. The border crisis is causing problems throughout the country. The voters have wisened up to the Biden family's financial ties to China. And punishing inflation means more Americans have a gloomy economic outlook. But that could be good news for all of you, as Joey might actually have to do something about the open border. Or at least we can dream. The nationwide woke lash continues, and I provide a couple examples of Americans fighting back against the encroaching anti-science leftism that's prevailed in the country in recent years. Our today's guest is my friend Charles Hurt, Washington Times opinion editor and Fox News contributor. We discuss America's dependence on communist China, why face masks are now the new security blanket for American adults, and how corruption got normalized in the swamp, even amongst those who otherwise seem like good guys and gals. Plus, we have our caller of the day. begin today with Big Joey news. The Big Joey is the president, otherwise known as Joey the Biden, and he's vacillating on a couple of issues because his poll numbers are at an unprecedented low level, and that gives him less flexibility to do the things he would probably like to do in terms of dismantling our country and our core values. Uh, for example, he is considering staunching the flow of some of the fentanyl into American communities um, because he, under, on his watch, fentanyl has already quadrupled in certain communities under Joey the Biden. John Bender has written this up for us at Breitbart News, and he is at the border for us right now, or he is heading down to the border. I think he uh, made a stop somewhere in California in a particularly fentanyl-addled area and he is pointed out before he's gone is going down there on a trip with Daryl Issa and some others, uh, and he's going to meet with some border patrol members as well. That there are certain areas in the country that have seen a four X fentanyl, which is more dangerous and it is more potent than any of the opioids that are already also flowing over our southern border. That some communities are seeing four times as much as they saw at the beginning of the Joe Biden administration, which is a large number. So Big Joey is actually considering whether or not he's going to back down and end the Title 42. I'm sorry, he's going to preserve the Title 42 restrictions on our border. Title 42 was a a provision that was put in place under Donald Trump that did make it so that you could have public health authorities controlling the border to a certain degree via the CDC. And this meant that there is a somewhat limited illegal immigration because we had extra provisions because of the coronavirus, because people were coming over the border and they were coming over the border at a massive rate as they are right now. But we are able to slow them down slightly because they are carrying diseases and we care very deeply about the coronavirus pandemic. In the meantime, while you've got some people on the left freaking out about masks going away in airports and on planes that we still have a situation where Joe Biden is going to be making it more easy if you have coronavirus to immigrate in the country illegally or migrate. Either way, you don't plan on staying. Uh, 
So now he's reconsidering it, but I don't think he's reconsidering it because he is um, now scared about coronavirus. I think he's reconsidering it because more of a border crisis is not going to be good for him electorally because he's losing a lot of ground with a lot of different communities, including the Latinx community and the Hispanic community. Um, the Latinx are uh, all otherwise known as Latino and Latina individuals. But the woke pandering that goes on refers to them as uh, Latinx, which I pronounce Latinx. Because that's how you read it phonetically. And even they were at historical lows in terms of approval of Joe Biden. And I think they're lower than whites. So he's hemorrhaging support. And this is with an open border. So I think maybe he's saying, well, maybe I need to probably bite the bullet, shut this thing down. In Breitbart, we've been noting that pretty much everywhere in the United States right now is a border community. There are migrants busted with 20,000 fentanyl pills just this week in the new border state. And we say this because they're from Mexican cartels. That's where these pills came from. The new border state of Michigan. Now, is Michigan connected to the border? Yeah, Canadian border. But it's now, in a way, connected to the southern border as well. Because the pills are making it all the way up there. And sometimes it's with the help of the Big Joe administration, who is flying and bussing people throughout the country with your taxpayer dollars. So when you're starting to see this quantity of illegal drugs, deadly drugs, it will kill people. So 20,000 pills get out in the public, then they are going to kill Americans for sure at that level. Because fentanyl is highly powerful, highly addictive, and is deadly. What is being done to slow this down? Nothing. The opposite. Title 42 is set to come off, which means that we're going to have an easier time for people to enter the country illegally and stay here. So Big Joe is making adjustments or potentially making adjustments, and we will track that. Perhaps something good about the fact that the Republicans are running up the score right now. But there is another possibility. And I will know in terms of running up the score, um, Politico, which is a left-wing Beltway-based publication, predicts that Republicans will dominate the midterms, reclaiming the House and the Senate. So this is something that I think people in this audience probably saw coming. But the border invasion, the lack of insight in the origin of the pandemic, terrible economic data, uh, all of these things are pushing people towards the Republican side of the aisle. So there's an alternative to Joe Biden starting to ha implement some sane policies because he's headed for a colossal electoral defeat, as is his party. He could actually double down on the left wing agenda. And there's some evidence he's going to do that. The Biden administration is now promoting, quote, gender affirming health care for young people. Hannah Blau writes for us at Breitbart News that they're now openly promoting in the Biden administration gender affirming health care for young people, deeming hormone therapy for teens as well as surgeries on adolescents, trans surgeries on a case by case basis, the standard. The Biden administration's Office of Population Affairs, which is part of the Department of Health and Human Services, has posted guidance focusing specifically on gender-affirming care for young people, 
gender, which is a construct. Sex is not, but gender is something that society deems whether or not you're a, a certain sex that could be fluid. This is a, a societal construct that we've created. The Biden administration now believes in a supportive form of health care, that's a quote, which is crucial to overall health and well-being of transgender and non-binary children and adolescents, according to the new guidance. A safe and affirming healthcare environment is critical to fostering better outcomes for transgender, non-binary, and other gender-expansive children and adolescents. Wow. So the Biden administration officially in the camp that if you believe you are not your biological sex, then you are to be indulged even if you are a child or adolescent and even if that involves a surgery. It's radical. You guys have to give the Democrats a timeout, even if you are just tuning in to see what's going on with right-wing talk radio, what the right's focused on. But you absolutely cannot vote for Democrats right now. I have a lot of negative things to say about Republicans. I have some negative things to say about America First Republicans. I have tons of negative things to say about establishment Republicans. But you cannot vote for Democrats. You can't do this. Because you got Big Joey the Biden, a guy who has been wanting to be president since just beyond the Jim Crow era. And now all of a sudden, he is in the era where uh, Democrats believe that it, it should be the standard to indulge children who want to have sex-altering surgery. Which is actually gender-altering surgery because you can't alter your sex. That's what it is. Um, some good news is Big Joey seems to be rolling over on the mass on a plane, though not for sure. There was one report that came out yesterday that suggests that there will be a challenge. Um, there will be a challenge from the CDC, which concluded that the mask order that was uh, reversed is still necessary. So the DOJ is going to appeal the decision from a Florida judge a couple of days ago, which meant all of you are free from wearing masks at the airports and now on planes. Though the Big Joe administration will not seek an emergency stay in the judge's is ruling, so you don't have to wear masks on planes or in airports for now. But the mandate will be appealed. So Big Joey is not rolled over yet. Though the DOJ theoretically is not directly beholden to Joe Biden. Now, I'm sure Joe Biden can clean house there if he's unhappy with how they behave. But theoretically, the DOJ is supposed to be, once people are appointed, they're supposed to be able to be independent. So I don't know if this came directly from Biden himself. But Biden said, personally, up to them if people want to wear masks on planes. Uber, which is a woke ride-sharing company, far left, even they are lifting mask mandates. Uh, it's very interesting because a lot of the Uber drivers were some of the few rebels that I saw. I don't take a lot of Ubers these days, partially due to the pandemic, I'm doing a lot uh, fewer work meetings. But uh, I used to be pretty much a daily user of ride sharing apps. 
And some of the Uber drivers were the people who would tell you you could not wear the mask even when everywhere else in your life you had to wear them. Though they were pretty adamant at a corporate level on the app itself that you're supposed to wear masks whenever you're in the Ubers. Uh, Uber has now dropped that. So culturally, the shift has uh, taken place. People are sick of the masks and it seems like uh, people have made their peace with that. We're moving on. Two years into it, I think someone counted it was almost exactly 700 days of masking. For some people, not for me, I didn't wear masks for 700 days. I wore masks sporadically. But then again, I followed the science. More bad news for Big Joey. Two-thirds of Americans, or almost two-thirds, believe that Biden is compromised by China. It should be a 1,000% of Americans think that. But uh, close to two-thirds are pretty good. Penny Starr wrote this up for us at Breitbart News that Joe Biden's connections to his son Hunter Biden and his scandals, including Hunter receiving $4.8 million from the Chinese Communist Party, is resonating with the public. Judging from a poll that reveals almost two-thirds or 63.7% of Americans now think the president has been compromised. Well, it makes sense to me because if Hunter is getting at least 4.8 million that we know of from China and the CCP. Then, um, and we know the CCP doesn't just hand out money for the sake of it. We know they want something in return. And we know that Joe Biden is not particularly tough on China. Stands to reason there's a connection. A majority of Americans believe it's very likely that Biden has been compromised by the Chinese. And just about a third believe that he does not have a conflict or is compromised when it comes to China. This is from the Trafalgar Group, which is a right of center polling organization. But it is uh, something that is very heartening because the word has gotten out that Big Joe is compromised. All the hard work we've done at Breitbart, the hard work Peter Schweitzer did with Red Handed. People are getting the picture. They're getting the picture. China is trying to buy off politicians, and they're starting with big Joey the Biden and his family. He is the big guy. This is why I've been saying this week that when Joe Biden claims $600,000 of income, it doesn't make any sense to me. His salary as president has got to be, I don't know, 400000 whatever it is. Dr. Jill's working. And we know he's getting kickbacks from Hunter. So why is he claiming only 600000 It's too low. They're hiding stuff from you. The Republicans need to be on this like white on rice. House Majority Whip James Clyburn, close buddy of Joe Biden, arguably responsible for Biden becoming president because his endorsement helped uh, rocket Biden past the field of other lame Democrats in the presidential primary in 2020. He's reportedly given multiple family members over $200,000 in campaign cash in recent years. It's a common thing. Big Joey the Biden does it whose sister runs his campaign and basically no other campaigns. She waits for uh, Big Joey to come up for Senate every six years, runs the campaign. Joey runs basically unopposed. She bags cash. Apparently, uh, Jim Clyburn said, hey, let me get it on this. Let me get my family involved. So the number two Democrat in the House showed in his campaign expenditures, which Fox News reviewed, that five relatives have enjoyed paydays from some of the hefty campaign halls equaling upwards of $200,000 according to FEC Records Federal Election Commission. 
Jennifer Clyburn Reed, the daughter of Jim Clyburn, took $45,000 under consulting and campaign management fees. And that's from July to December of 2020. So long list. You can read all Breitbart. Got it all for you. Uh, it is a very swampy town, Washington, D.C., and even some of your favorite people are involved in things like this. This has not stopped Joey the Biden from announcing that he will run for president in 2024 because why? He must defeat Trump. So that's what he has told Barack Obama. And I do think that he means it for now because he has to. So he has to mean it. Uh, he has to at least announce to the public that he's going to run because that allows him to keep fundraising and it keeps people at least somewhat confident. But I, I don't think he's going to, but we'll see. All right, uh, some positive news again out of Florida, as is often the case I've been bringing up on the show. Governor Ron DeSantis says that Florida lawmakers are considering terminating special districts, including Disney's special tax and governing jurisdiction. He sees that this is a very important issue for Republicans. And he is trying to make headway with Republican voters, not just Democrat voters. But the state legislature, according to DeSantis, uh, is looking at a proposal to eliminate Disney's special tax and governing jurisdiction, which they have. But since they've gone woke, DeSantis is saying, well, maybe they shouldn't have special carve-outs. I like that. He says, quote, I'm announcing today that that we are expanding the call of what they're going to be considering this week. And so, yes, they'll be considering termination of all special districts that were enacted in Florida prior to 1968. And that includes the Reedy Creek Improvement District, which is Disney special governing and special taxing district for the Walt Disney Resort. So basically, they've had these carve outs where if you're operating business in this area, uh, you can get a cut. So it's basically self-governance, and you can get a tax break there. We've got some audio of this. Play cut 11. Go ahead, Haley, please. The state of Florida and our pension system, we have shares of Twitter. Uh, I didn't buy it. We have people that run the fund. But nevertheless, it hasn't exactly been great in returns on investment. It's been pretty stagnant for many, many years. Uh, so, but nevertheless, I mean, to me, I think that that's probably an injury to the fund. So we're going to be looking at ways that the state of Florida potentially can be holding these Twitter board of directors accountable uh, for breaching their I've made a horrible mistake. He's talking about he's talking about Twitter here. I thought he was gonna be talking about Disney. It's my bad. I need to read my sheet more closely. Uh, anyway, uh, th- th- that's where Musk is talking about. He's got he's scheming with uh, uh, DeSantis is scheming with Elon Musk now, trying to liberate Twitter from censorship. Of course, you guys know my take on that, which is that's not going to happen. Um, but I think that uh, Elon Musk has baited conservatives into thinking he's going to save them from something which he's almost certainly not going to do. Uh, is Twitter more free now than it was when Musk started to wade into matters, or is it less free? It's less. We've lost more people. More people have been censored. So, but he's got a lot of good headlines. Man, he's got a lot of good headlines. He's a hero now in certain communities. But uh, Twitter is not, not improved. It's only improved in the sense that a lot of people on the right are fired up and they're tweeting more. So uh, Twitter employees don't want Musk to run Twitter. So there'll be a big exodus if he even bought it anyway, which he's almost certainly not going to do. 
So let's see if he does. I'd, I'd welcome it. I would. I just don't see the evidence he's going to. All right, so my bad. So um, uh, let, let's play the other portion of this clip just because let's hear what DeSantis is up to. Let's play cut 10. What Musk is trying to do is basically liberate it uh, from being an agent of censorship into making it an actual open platform like it's advertised. So they did no. a 20% premium, and the board of directors effectively rejected that by doing a poison pill. And the question is, why would you reject the 20% premium? I don't think that was a rejection based on uh, financial concerns or, or business judgment. They rejected it because they know they can't control Elon Musk. They exactly. know that he will not accept the narrative and that their little play toy of Twitter, it would not be used to enforce orthodoxy and to basically prop up uh, the regime and these failed legacy media outlets. And so that's why they did it. It was Sad. not, in my judgment, because it wasn't a good business deal. But Musk is... All right. That's a, yeah, that's fine. It, it wasn't a great business deal. Twitter was trading at over $70 a share just last year. So it's trading trading at $45 now. So the 5420 number that Musk put out was too low. So uh, I always say this on the show, and that's why uh, Wall Street reacted as though it was too low because the stocks didn't go up. If the the number was a good number, then Wall Street would have surged. The stock would have surged, and but it didn't. The stock went down a little bit after Musk's announcement. So, all right. Um, okay. Well, always an okay diversion if we're talking about uh, Musk because that's, that's hot news. Speaking of big tech, a nightmare scenario for uh, Netflix, which saw stocks crater after a 200,000 subscriber loss and they're predicting a loss of 2 million more this year. I think Netflix's run of dominance is winding down. Um, there's just too much competition, and they uh, used to have a monopoly. They used to be the biggest streaming service by a mile. They used to have the most variety. They used to have the best value, and now they just don't. Uh, I have not had Netflix for close to a year, and I, and I do have other streaming networks that I don't really want to pay for, but the Netflix just does not have any products that you need as far as I know. I, I don't know what properties they have uh, where you must have it. It's very difficult to avoid Disney, as I pointed out. Disney Plus has the whole Marvel catalog, the whole Star Wars catalog, the whole Pixar catalog, all the classic Disney shows, uh, et cetera, et cetera. That's much harder to avoid. Amazon, as uh, annoying as Jeff Bezos is, you get the stream. You get that streaming platform if you have your sixty dollar a year, whatever it is, uh, access to Amazon Prime with the free shipping and the fast shipping, etc. So it is. It also seems like things like Hulu and HBO Max and other things like that do have some content that you just can't get elsewhere. So it just. I just don't know why people need Netflix. So I'm not surprised by this news. It was big news on Wall Street because Netflix has been dominant for really about 15 years. It's really about 15 years uh, that Netflix has been top dog in the uh, home video uh, space from when they were mailing out DVDs to people to uh, launching the biggest streaming platform. Um, but I just don't see why people need it. And they've got, they're incredibly woke. One of the wokest companies in Silicon Valley, they cut checks. Uh, Jerome Hudson did the math on this in his book, 50 Things They Don't Want You to Know, that I think Netflix donates something like 190 to 1 to Democrats, which is the most of any 
uh, board uh, in Silicon Valley. I think it's the highest ratio of support of Democrats. And it is, uh, of course, their entertainment if it has a political bias always to the left. Uh, and it's just not necessary. It's not necessary to have it. I don't have it. And it's boycotts don't work if you if people are need whatever the product is. Um, this is why I think you know I have not had a hard time boycotting Nike because there's a bunch of other shoe brands or whatever and sports clothes brands. I mean Nike's uh, Nike's apparel, their clothing is some of the worst in the sports industry. And their shoes, I've always liked their shoes, but there's a lot of other shoes that are similar. So pretty easy to boycott. Uh, Netflix, very easy to boycott. It's uh, You just don't need the stuff they've got. And if there's something you really like on Netflix, for the most part, it's going to show up elsewhere. So um, there's a, a, apparently a lot of people agree with me. I guess once Squid Games ended, people said I'm out. So good news, I think, there. So we'll see where it goes. But their uh, stock took a big hit. A lot of consumers are also apparently cutting Disney off, though. So I don't want to discourage you. If you're inclined to do so, by all means, please do. I think it's harder, though, with Disney because you're uh, the, Disney does something clever, which is they bought catalogs that are incredibly vast. And there are the you can't if you're a Marvel fan, there's nothing you can do. If you're a classic Disney fan, there's nothing you can do. You're not going to let Bob Chepek and the woke millennials who are 30 uh, ruin your ability to watch some of the older Disney stuff. If you really want to do that, but Netflix doesn't have catalogs like that. So Netflix is uh, on the hot seat, but I'm heartened to see some people punishing Disney. I think it, may, it makes sense. They deserve it. I just think it's harder to do in a, on a wider scale. Uh, another get woke, go broke story. Shawnee State University, which is in Portsmouth, Ohio, is going to have to pay $400,000 in damages and attorney's fees after punishing a professor who refused to refer to a male student as a female. How cool is that? The settlement comes from a judge that previously ruled that the university's treatment of Professor Nick Merriweather violated his First Amendment rights. His First Amendment, according to the Alliance Defending Freedom, the ADF, a great group, uh, is that he, who is a devout Christian, did not want to call a biological male student. He called the biological male student sir in the class. But he was unaware that the student's preferred pronouns were feminine. Student approached Meriwether and demanded that the professor refer to him as a woman and use feminine titles and pronouns. Meriwether had not heard of the student's pronouns at that point. He explained he wasn't sure he could comply with the student's demands, Meriwether did as he holds religious beliefs that prevent him from communicating messages about gender identity that he believes are false. How cool is that? How cool is that? Student filed a complaint with the university, which reacted by launching an investigation and determined that Meriwether, a devout Christian, created a hostile environment. And a court said, no, he did not. No, he did not. So they, they had a settlement and that was uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars. He deserves more. I, I wish he would get more. But 400000 is a big chunk. That'd be enjoyable. I'd do it. I miss gender for 400 grand. Sounds good to me.
guest today is Charlie Hurt. Always a blast when Charlie is on. Uh, one of my uh, real honest-to-goodness friends in the news business and always has a hilarious and profound insight when I ask him questions and has been known to go on a, a radio-worthy tangent as well. Let's hear it. Charlie Hurt is on the line with me. He is the Washington Times opinion editor, contributor to Fox News, and he's got a book called Still Winning, which I recommend. Uh, Charlie, do you have any solutions on how we're going to get uh, unhooked from China? Well, I think the first thing, uh, it is complicated and it's difficult, but I, th- you know, I do think that the first thing is that if, we actually, if, if Congress actually cared about uh, the country that it's governing, um, they would set up a, uh, a, a group of uh, industries, a group of, of products that, um, a, where a certain amount of it, uh, of the production, is reserved strictly for the United States. And, and the, the example I always think of is vitamin C. I, I, I'm not a, I don't take a lot of, of drugs and a lot of medicine. The one thing I do take is vitamin C. All the vitamin C is made in China, 100% of it. Every single bit of it is made in China. In China. Um, so when yeah, when well, this came up a lot during the um, during the pandemic with things like uh, acetaminophen uh, and ibuprofen, yes. which is like you know seventy and I think ninety percent respectively are made in China, like, yeah. which is unbelievable. I mean, and, it's and hard to get even inflamed back. I mean, it's like you'd say you're basically asking China for help. Right. You uh, you, you have gone and and, and made yourself. Uh, beholden to this evil regime that wants to put you out of out of uh, existence, and so so if you created a uh, a group of products that could only be that, that you know wh- where there is a certain reserve a security reserve of it has to be made uh, in in this country, and and the thing and this is what I that re- why Republicans drive uh, dr- drove Andrew Breitbart crazy, and they it's why they drive me crazy is that. They come the, the free market or free enterprise. I don't know what they are. They the, the the great egghead nerds come back at you and say, "But we believe in free markets. You let the market de- determine everything." And I, I'm not anti-free market. I love free markets. I, I I think that that should be the default position. But when you're getting raped, you have to figure out a way to stop this. And and th- there are those issues like energy is a important one uh medicine is another important one um you can uh you you know you you, there are ways to without completely surrendering the free market you can come up with common sense solutions but these people are such uh such free market absolutists if there is such a thing uh which also means they are taking massive boatloads of money from walmart uh and other major corporations um you can come up with common sense solutions. Another one that I really love is to is um, to just give uh, is for for online shopping like Amazon to have a "Don't sell me a single thing from China" switch little button. Yeah, because that's the neat thing about computers is they have buttons, and you just push the button, and then a bunch of stuff happens. So one of the buttons should be "Don't even show me crap from China" button. And you know what? If you if you press that button and it finds out that every shoelace they're offering you is uh, forty five dollars, then that's really useful information. You know what? I might let the Chinese make so my well. Actually, even that gets complicated because I, I really don't want I don't like buying stuff that's been made by slaves. 
I know I realize a lot of people don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with that. So the, if China is making shoelaces for 12 cents, it's probably because they have a bunch of slaves uh, making those things for them, usually like religious slaves. But whatever. That's totally cool, LeBron. Um, but but you know what I mean? I mean, if it's if, if, if suddenly the difference is 48 cents versus thirty eight dollars for a pair of shoelaces, then then, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think shoelaces are necessarily a national security item. Medicine is energy is. Sure. Yeah. Well, and even um, the health related stuff is. But uh, the energy stuff is, of course, a, a major deal. Um, the good news is, though, it seems like the word is getting out that the current administration is compromised by China. Almost two thirds of Americans, according to a poll, uh, uh, Charlie, even those from the Trafalgar group, which is a right of center group, uh, suggest that Joe Biden's compromised uh, on China. This is pretty big. I mean, this shows that uh, new media is really uh, penetrating into people's brains because, you know, of course, the establishment media has gone far out of their way to protect China at every turn and even um, and especially when it comes to Joe Biden and Hunter Biden's uh, ties to China. Yeah, well, you know, it's the thing about uh, true stories, um, you know, that you can't keep them under wraps. Eventually they come out. Um, and my, and for me, the big question and, and you get into this, uh, uh, you know, a lot in your book, um, the, the question for me is that with all of these compromises in uh, China and and the fact that the media has been so discredited uh, because these stories get out despite these extreme efforts I mean just hilariously ridiculous efforts by the media to cover them up and to, to silence them does do those does that media ever restore its credibility with people or um, do they just vanish? And I and I honestly don't know. I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. In calmer times, does suddenly, you know, does CBS News, you know, return to sort of the, the, uh, you know, the the, the courtyard of, the, you know, the town square of decency, and become a respected source of news again? Once once, you know, if things calm down, I, I you know I don't know that I I know that. I would never let I, I would I would never let any of these people anywhere near. Um, yeah, you know, I wouldn't read anything. Any of these people, you know, I, I haven't read the New York. I, I read the New York Times. I, I started reading the New York Times. When I was in. I was in high. I was a nerd. I, I was reading the New York Times when I was in high school. I loved it so much, and I read it forever. And then, and then, you know, probably ten years ago, I canceled my subscription. And I, I as soon as I get to the part where it says. So and so, the New York Times. I just, I, I, I drop the paper and walk away. I've, I, I will not read. You know, even defensively, I will not read a story there because you, you know, you don't even know anymore how much. You know, what's the poison? What's not the poison? What's, what's manipulated propaganda and what's accurate reporting? They've, they've become so committed to that propaganda machine. You have no idea anymore. Uh, this is a very important point. Charlie Hurd is with me again, and I want to change focus a little bit to corruption um, stateside, or at least apparent corruption. Uh, South Carolina Democrat James Clyburn has been showering his relatives with 
campaign cash. This is something that is done in Washington and we've tolerated it for the most part. Um, but thankfully, some uh, Fox News reporters were able to unearth some documents suggesting that upwards of $200,000 was doled out uh, via Clyburn to his family. And this is, you know, I'm sure pales in comparison to what Joe Biden does, who hires his sister to run his campaigns for Senate every six years. And he runs basically unopposed, stuff like that. But it is uh, worth noting. Were you surprised by this? Because Clyburn is, uh, is kind of seen as an upstanding citizen, at least by Washington standards yeah well and by by democrat standards he's uh he's not a lunatic uh like a lot no. of people in his party um but but you know i i i, I actually have lost um i used to kind of stick up for democrats like clyburn because i because they weren't insane and they understood the whole concept that you you work for people back home and you know and you know you can't you know, the, the, the will of the party is not nearly as important as the will of the voters who elected you to represent them in, in Congress. And, and, and I would say that, generally speaking, um, you know, he, he is uh, more like that than a lot of the Democrats in the party. But, you know, he's, he's in, in a top leadership position in the party, and he has allowed – he and others have allowed – and Steny Hoyer is the same – is, is another example, a guy that's been around forever. He's a number two Democrat, um, a, ver- a, a guy who is very attentive to his constituents back home. Um, but these people, they have allowed their party to get hijacked, and they're so obsessed with clinging to power that they don't stand up to even – they have total. They, they have a lot of control over their own party. They could control their own agenda, but but it, but they are afraid that if they – Say no, we're not going to go defund the police route. That they might lose their their grip on part a uh, power within their party, and so they just sell the farm in order to to protect themselves and to protect their their grip on power. And I I have no I have no respect for these people anymore. They don't uh, and they don't deserve it because they they care more about their own proximity to power than they do about the people who elected them to come to Washington and represent them in Washington. And, um, but Charlie, here's the and, problem. Yeah. The whole town is like this now. And I feel like this is a very dangerous yeah. moment we've entered where the expectation is that this is done. And now used to be the expectation is you would come to Washington and you would do your best for your constituents and to lead with some integrity. And now the expectation is you figure out ways to bag cash, you figure out ways to hide money, you figure out ways to peddle influence. And we all are, um, I don't think anyone's naive to it anymore. I think it's surprising when anyone is uh, not like this. Yeah, no, it's it's true. And, 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 and it, I mean, obviously, there's always been self-dealing and corruption in politics. It's kind of the nature of it. But but that's why we have checks and balances. It's why we have three branches of government. It's why um, and, and the thing that has really kind of hijacked all of this has been this uh, this. And it's not even partisan zeal, because because we, and one of the many things I loved about Donald Trump is that when he was in office, even you know, even fellow Repu- I love the inner party fighting. I love the Republicans in Congress sure. fighting the Republican in the White House because that's the way it's supposed to be. The way it's supposed to be is you have Congress over here jealously guarding its 
uh, prerogatives, and you have the White House over here jealously guarding its prerogatives. But And we saw this under the George W. Bush administration and other administrations as well, the Clinton administration, but, but, we, but, but, the, but Republicans are not immune to it. Um, we saw it with Republicans where when you had a Republican in the White House and then Republicans in Congress turned into the president's bitch. They just did whatever the president wanted them to do, as opposed to, like, questioning, I don't know, going to war in Iraq and spending massive amounts of money we didn't have to go to war in Iraq to rebuild a country that had nothing to do with us. And, yeah. and, and of course, obviously, you see it with Democrats as well. But, the, the, but that, that uh, you know, people used to complain about the, you know, the old guard, you know, the old bulls who were chairmen of, chairmen of committees in Congress who could hold up an entire administration's agenda because a farmer, because they were chairman of the Ag Committee and one of their farmers was getting harassed by the federal government to the tune of tens of thousands of dollars because he'd, he'd done something that, that violated some EPA rule about building a pond. Well, you know, that's the way government is supposed to work. That, that, that chairman of the Ag Committee who is pissed off at the administration because their EPA went after one of his constituents and made his life miserable, the government should grind to a halt over that. That's the whole point of the process. It should be really hard for the federal government to deprive citizens of their money and their freedom. And when they do, it should be just a scalding mess in Washington. And But because partisanship has become, and it all has to do with this sort of collusion among politicians that, okay, but this is how we're going to amass the most amount of money and power for ourselves, because that has trumped the process of checks and balances of, of a, of a, uh, a, ten, a tension between the legislature and, and the executive, um, because all of that has, has, ta- has taken a back seat to this, and, and you even see, but like collusion between the parties, where they're, they 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 sort of work together, and and you wind up with with nobody guarding the legislative branch, and nobody guarding, or actually the way it's worked out is that the executive ends up getting all the power because these people they love the idea of a king, because the king just sort of streamlines the corruption. Um, yeah, it does. It, that is exactly what what happens, and that's. Well, that's what's going on and when everyone when there's this whole class of people who all are uh in on it and they're all trying to enhance the machinery that allows for the corruption to happen then we get what we've got now uh charlie let me spring something on you and if you don't have a good answer feel free to plead the fifth here but uh, can you help make sense of the dr oz endorsement from donald trump for me please because i'm i'm a little confused on this one yeah, I, I no, I, I I don't have a good answer. Um, I can't. I don't understand it except I, I would say this one thing: that um, I, I like seeing these. Um, I like seeing the, the interparty fights early, um, and you've got to to figure out who is the best uh, candidate to represent the ticket. In in and and, and that has to be done. At a, at a local level, and the more local level that is, the better. And the more people involved, the better. Uh, candidates picked by committees, 
candidates picked uh, handpicked by people are you know, almost always um, don't don't work out. Um, but but the one bit of thing, one defense I would make of Trump um, in making a lot of these decisions and getting into these, um, you know, making, you know, he, I, I can't remember uh, somebody, maybe it was J.D. Vance he was talking about, where he, he kept talking about how J.D. Vance is pro-Trump. He does this for Trump and all this kind of stuff. And, and you know, you sort of cringe when you see that because you're like, well, this isn't really about you. This is about the issues and and who can carry forward the issues that the, the America first issues. Um, so why does he keep talking about Trump? Well, the reason he keeps talking about Trump is because this is a man who is never he is a party of one. He this is a man who, you know, the party, a, a party is supposed to be gathered around a set of issues and they're supposed to fight those issues for those issues. And Trump never enjoyed that. Trump has always been, and, and, and the reason you do that is so that the candidates don't have to do the ugly scut work that a party is supposed to do. And Trump has never had that. So Trump is a party of one. Trump is the candidate or, or, or was the candidate in 2020 and 2016, but he was also the, the party. So he had to be party chairman and do all of the scut work and that's why he ended up getting into a lot of the ugly business, the ugly business that we don't want to see candidates involved in, because at every step of the way, he had a party that was actively trying to undermine him. And again, when it comes to power in Washington, that's a great thing. I love that tension. And that's the way it's supposed to be. And that's why how you wind up with honesty and integrity. The only way you wind up with honesty and integrity in politics. But when it comes to the to the to the slop, the, the sausage making of actually running for elections, you do need to have a party apparatus there to do that scut work. And Trump has never had that. So he's having to do it. it, it, it does he make mistakes? Yeah, he makes mistakes. He makes a lot of mistakes. Um, probably no more mistakes than actual parties do. Probably not any more mistakes than Mitch McConnell makes when when he's uh, doing this stuff furtively behind the scenes. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's tough. And uh, so I just, I just say that one defense without defending all of the decisions. Char- you know, Charlie, the- that there was a, so much wisdom in that answer. And yet I am nowhere closer to understanding the Dr. Oz endorsement, but yes, uh, it, it was it, yeah. all, all good content there. Um, by the way, I think he's got a primary challenger in 2024, Adam Kinzinger, CNN personality, who also apparently is in Congress. <laughs> I, I always forget that he's in Congress and he's not just a, a paid talking head in CNN, but uh, it's, it's a, it's one of these things where the, you know, he talks tough because he's going to have, he's not going to be in Congress because he's getting redistricted out. And, you know, he needs to put himself in a position to so make money when he gets out. But it's the, I mean, Charlie, it's Such the, it is, I mean, could, would Trump get over a hundred percent of the vote in a primary against Adam Kinzinger? I mean, or would it be a, if it's under a hundred percent, it'd be just under a hundred if those were the only two. Uh, yeah, I think it would be, uh, it, it, yes, it's mathematically impossible for Adam Kinzinger to get anything. He's even dumber than that last guy. Um, Evan McWilliams or whatever the guy's name was. <laughs> um, that, no, that's that, that's that, uh, knockoff. Jack Daniels, whatever you, anyway, I think, I think you know who I'm talking about. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, no, but, but Kinzinger is such a clown. He's like, he's like, he's like John Kerry level ridiculous. And, uh, 
Um, and and yet he's he's and anyway, I thought it was kind of funny that um, you know obviously the press loves him because you know because he he's good at crying on TV and he's uh, good at you know you know he's willing to go after Trump over anything no matter how ridiculous it is and and therefore he becomes a darling in the media but 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 such a such a ridiculous buffoon yeah it's uh, also great that you've got the roosters in the background because I typically have small children in the background uh, when I'm when I'm here uh, on the show Charlie uh, let me run a couple others by you uh, great news and again when we're it's a Charlie you're one of our resident unofficial uh, Trump spokespeople but a uh, big news for Trump a big victory for him with the mass mandates I would say with the Trump appointed judge who was confirmed during the lame duck session 2020 uh, single-handedly ripping off the idiotic and anti-science mass mandates um, big news there, but Chicago's O'Hare Airport is going to try to keep the mass on. Are, are they going to be able to pull this <laughs> off? And, and it just seems so silly. But where are we at now on the mass in your view? Well, I think that it's kind of nice. I, I, I think it couldn't have happened in a better way. Um, I flew from New York to uh, Raleigh-Durham yesterday. Um, and obviously the, the, the day before I'd gone the other way and it was and obviously everybody was masked up. Um, but it was interesting in New York, uh, 99% of people were still wearing masks, which looked ridiculous. Um, and then, uh, by the time I reached North Carolina, uh, nobody was wearing masks. Um, the only difference is that, that in New York, they were still sort of clinging to them. I think for a lot of these people, they're like security blankets. You know how, have, have, yeah, have, sure. yeah, you've, you're right. you, you're, you're old, you've you had to wean your oldest from, uh, their baba. Um, it's, uh, it's tough. And I think for a lot of, and, and it's, what's weird is watching it's adults, uh, uh, with these security blankets. Um, and I, and, and I saw, I did see an adult with you're, a, you're so right about this, you know, child. in my, in my house, Charlie, we've got, so master Marlowe. um, who's three and a half now. He had a, a, he had a, a small bunny that uh, he would he would call Caneco, which was a mispronunciation of Canejo, which is the Spanish word for bunny. And his Caneco, like that is exactly what the mass are for all of these yeah. people who are freaked out oh, yeah, by they, uh, yeah. coronavirus. It's their Caneco. Yeah, and, and they're walking around, they're walking to the airport. And, and if you look at the bunny, um, they, uh, they give you a cross look like, Oh no no! What are you doing? Why, why? Like like you're doing something wrong, and you're like, no, actually, you're a 45 year old person walking with your binky uh, and your thumb in your mouth, and <laughs> and it's just it's just sort of weird. And I hope you, I, I I love you, and I, I I hope you get help because uh, it's a problem. And 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 here's the other thing: there here, then there's also this tiny subset or a smaller subset of people who really may need to wear masks. They may have an actual underlying condition that, sure. that that requires them to wear masks. How awful must it be for them? They're like the they're like the intersex people who have to listen to this horrifying trans debate that Democrats have politicized to the end of the earth. They're actually people who that have this effect as a, as opposed. Yeah, sure, to you're the, right about that. Um, to, to the carnival that Democrats have turned this into. They're actually people that this affects and, and it's horrifying to sit there and turn on the cable news and, and watch these b- 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 evil 
morons on TV running their mouths about it like they know what they're talking about. But anyway, there there are actually people out there who need to wear who wear who have who actually are compromised and actually need to wear a mask. Um, and and they're getting lumped in with all of the the binky people who are walking around with their their thumb in their mouth and their binky and like terrified. Why? You know. Look, I, I know, and, and, and this is where we need to go. We need to go if you really are immunocompromised or if you actually have yeah. the coronavirus, then you can put on the heaviest duty mask you can find, and that's it, and everyone else yeah. can be free. And, and that's the and, whole thing. And that mask will provide you all the protection that a mask provides, which is virtually none. But whatever. Virtually none, but, but it's I a... I saw this bag lady sure. at the airport yesterday walking around, and I kid you not, she was handing out masks to people. She had them in her bag, and she was she's putting her filthy hands all over the masks and handing them out to strangers and giving them to people. And they were the fake masks too; they weren't even like the qualified masks. So it was like layer upon layer upon layer upon layer of absurdity. And but she had her binky on, and um, and she was happy. And you just and but what I love about this is that that. Because the, the the mandate, because now you're free to make whatever decision you want. It's now it's it's now like uh, it, it's it's now it's now totally democratic, and people can choose. And obviously, a bunch of people in New York or maybe even Chicago are still going to wear their masks. In the rest of America, everybody took their masks off, and they're not going to wear them. But what's nice is over time, it becomes really embarrassing to be walking around fewer and fewer every day will be dragging their dirty binky around. And, uh, eventually it becomes embarrassing even for these, these, the bag lady who's still clinging to her mask, clinging to her binky, her bunny in her arms. Um, it will become so embarrassing that even she has to shed it. And when she does, she'll be so angry about having to shed it, but it will be, it will, it it, it will have been done by her, by her own hand, which is the way we want it to be done. Charlie Hurt, again, Washington Times opinion editor and a uh, Fox News contributor. Always a blast. Time always flies when you're on. Come back soon. Awesome. Today on the live show on SiriusXM Patriot, which is every morning, 6 a.m. Eastern Time, live and on the SXM app as well, uh, we were calling it kind of tongue-in-cheek Elon Musk Day because as we were recording it, it's April 20th, 420, which is the big pot holiday, and Elon Musk loves to make a good pot joke. And so we got some discussions, even a debate, I would say, about Musk as he is saying some stuff that I think is positive for the conservative audience. And we took a fair bit of calls who were pro-Musk, some who were more skeptical of Musk. And a caller, Julian from New Hampshire, I think did a pretty good job of summarizing some of my key complaints about Musk. Let's hear it. So last time we talked, we talked about how we've lowered our standards for entry into the conservative movement, and it relates to Elon Musk in China. Sure. Elon Musk, I completely agree with you on this. Why, why are we pretending as if this guy is the second coming of Jesus Christ, he is the ultimate grifter. 
don't get me wrong. I like Tesla. I've driven a few. They're they're great vehicles and everything. And I'm sure he'll he'll come out with another grift and he'll he'll make something else that we all don't need and can't afford, like a hoverboard from Back to the Future or a lightsaber from Star Wars. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What but, what about a flamethrower? What about a flamethrower, Julian? Or or what about a, a sex robot made in honor? What about a sex robot of an anime character? Because he's promising us that oh. too. Oh God, I, I would. That would absolutely kill me. Because what I really need to see in life is uh, the movie Surrogates or Terminator brought to life. But Elon Musk being this ultimate grifter, working with China, are we forgetting that China declared people's war on the United States in 2019? that they are actively engaged in unrestricted warfare. They're undermining everything, and they're trying to displace the American dollar in the world economy right now, which will subsequently crash our entire money markets and our, our economy here in the U.S. And this goes back to, I taught a class this past week, and we had described that the Republican Party is filled with two, three types of people. Those who are desperate to retain their power, those who are desperate to retain their rights, and those who are desperate to enrich themselves off of the backs of the previous two. The previous caller had said that he just wants to have his job, live his life and everything. And I understand that because I want to be left the hell alone too. But we have a responsibility as conservatives to engage and fix our government. And if we don't take the responsibility seriously, we end up exactly where we are right now. The problem is we're just not uncomfortable enough. We always say conservatives are liberals who are mugged by reality. Well, you know what? How much do you need to get mugged before you realize that doing the same thing and just sitting in your hole and hoping that you can have a job and go to work tomorrow is going to be enough? Elon Musk is not our friend. He just happens to get a few things right here and there and happens to be pretty spectacular at trolling the entire world because he's trolling us too. Julian, do you find it a little, a little odd that we, when people have gotten things dead wrong for a long time, but they get something right recently, all of a sudden we just lavish praise on them. And it just seems like if these people are so great, why are we just coming around to this now? Why are we just figuring certain things out? Like how Twitter censors a bunch of people. It's the, yes, they've been doing this for uh, longer than five years. We've been going down this road. What, what gave now? Well, that's what, that's what the entire political spectrum, what every political strategist works on, is the short-term memory of the average person, uh, the average voter. They know that if they give you bread and circus right now, you'll forget the fact that they just spent the past four decades screwing you over. And it's our instant gratification culture since the beginning of TV and the Internet, now smartphones, and we have instant distraction devices in our hands at every given point in time. We've put ourselves in a situation where we're easily played and easily manipulated. And it's not going to change anytime soon unless we actually get up and start paying attention and dig deeper than just the rhetoric that we get fed on a daily basis. Is it more important to prioritize the culture war? or prioritize liberty and the Constitution and freedom, which fosters an environment in which we take back the culture war by, by just sheer circumstance. Prioritizing liberty 
creates a socially conservative society, prioritizing social conservatism, which is what our more establishment Republicans have done by trying to legislate culture, actually puts us in the exact opposite position where we actually grow the power of government to solve local and state problems. Julian, good analysis. Appreciate it. Thanks so much to producers Haley and Greg Eben for making the show sound crisp and clean. And for all of you for telling 10,000 friends and family members about the broadcast and everything we do at Breitbart.com and at Breitbart News Daily. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Yeah.